Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. this sermon series just simply titled, What Does the Bible Say About? Okay? And I want to continue to get your feedback. I'm going to be going through the month of August on, uh, on this series, starting a brand new sermon series that I'm going to explain to you in the month of August, in September. I'll be starting that one. So this is our summer sermon series, and it's just getting feedback from you. Uh, and I've been getting a lot of feedback. Matter of fact, some of the questions that I have received over the weeks have to do with with baptism. And so I thought, what a great day to speak on the subject of baptism. Since we had one this morning, let's go ahead and unpack that a little bit because some of you guys have asked about some of the specifics of baptism, what it does, what it is, what it isn't, why we do it, and the such. And uh, so I thought, what a great time to speak on it, the day that we have one. So I'm going to do that. Now, next, next, next Sunday, actually, not next, 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 just next Sunday, Next Sunday, I am going to be unpacking. I've had several folks come and ask me, did I miss the sermon on the five crowns? No, you haven't. Last week, if you remember, we had Erin here, and uh, she shared about her work. Today, since we had the baptism, I'm pushing that out one more so I can handle the baptism question that some of you guys have asked. So next Sunday, I'm going to be unpacking the, the five crowns that you can earn that are mentioned in Scripture and, uh, and what you're going to be able to do with those uh, once you get to heaven. So that's, that's next Sunday. No, I haven't, I haven't dealt with that yet. For some that have missed and different things have been asking, we'll be dealing with that next week. Okay. So today I just thought we would unpack a little bit about baptism and what it is, what it isn't, uh, why we do it, and just kind of give you a little information about, about baptism. Okay. So, uh, continue to throw in some, uh, questions that you may have that you may be curious what the Bible has to say about. Um, I have another topic I'm going to deal with about war. Uh, you folks have asked, what does the Bible say about going to war? I'm going to unpack that. Some of you guys have asked, what does the Bible have to say about weapons and being a concealed carry gun owner and carrying a weapon? What does the Bible have to say about that? We're going to unpack that. So we got a few more interesting things that we're going to unpack. Um, but I want to deal with the baptism today since we, uh, since we had a baptism. Isn't that exciting? I told Eldon as I was running by soaking wet trying to get to my office to change clothes, I said, that never gets old. Does it? Never gets old. It's always exciting to uh, see anyone follow through in believer's baptism. So today we're going to be talking about baptism and unpacking that briefly. And so everyone should have received some sermon notes. I've already said this. You should have received these. If you did not get your sermon notes, hold your hand up and our guys will get some to you. Everybody have theirs? Okay, because I want you to get some of this, and um, let's pray, and then we'll jump right into this. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for a church family that wants to hear what God's Word has to say about all these different subjects. And Lord, I thank you that you speak into our hearts and into our lives through the written Word of God. It's the primary way that you communicate with us and to us is through your Word. 
And the Holy Spirit that lives within us illuminates the Scripture, reveals, shines light on to give us understanding of your word. And we just pray now that you would just speak with us and meet with us and finger around in our hearts and give us understanding, illuminate the Scripture, help us to have a good biblical understanding of exactly what it is that the Bible has to say about baptism and why we do this. Speak to all of our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Baptism. Well, what does the Bible have to say about baptism? Baptism is one of those Christian traditions that we've carried on really since the time of Christ. And, and for a lot of folks, it may seem strange. Uh, a lot of folks have, um, have a, a misconceived conception, idea, if you will, on what baptism is, what it really does. Does baptism save you? Must you be baptized in order to get to heaven? What exactly is baptism? Well, those are some of the questions that we're going to try to answer as we work our way through this topic, okay? So it's just going to be a lot of information that I'm going to give you. Uh, You have scripture reference for every single one of these points in your sermon notes. I encourage you to take that, study a little deeper, go a little deeper in the Word uh, so you have a good, solid foundation of what God's Word has to say on this particular subject of baptism. So I want to share with you, first of all, five things, and it's in your sermon notes, five things that you need to know about baptism. And then we'll answer a few of the other questions, why we should be baptized and what it really means to be baptized. Okay. So five things that you need to know about baptism. Get this in Matthew 28, 19. I think I have the scripture for you on the screen, Charlie. Matthew 28, 19. Scripture just teaches us that baptism is whose idea? It's God's idea, right? Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 28, in verse number 19, he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So the first thing I want you to see is this isn't man's idea. This thing called baptism isn't just something that a, a lot of clergy got together and thought, boy, it'd be really great if we just bury everybody in some water and bring them back up and let that be a symbol of their Christian faith. That wasn't originated by man. I want you to see the origin, the genesis of baptism, if you will, is found in Scripture where Jesus said that we are to go and make disciples of all nations and we are to baptize them. So I just want you to see, number one, it's God's idea. All right. This is what the Lord Jesus commanded us to do. This is the Great Commission. By the way, there are five great commissions in the Word of God. There's one in every, all four of the Gospels and one in the book of Acts. Five great commissions, and all of them tell us that we're to share the Gospel and that we are then to baptize those new believers or those new converts. Now, while I'm here at this verse, not only does it say that we are to baptize them, but I want you to notice what it says. Go, therefore, and make disciples. In some of the other Great Commission statements in the Gospels and over in the book of Acts, it says that you are to be my witness. So in other words, what we are to be in making disciples, here's what I want you to get. We're not the judge. It's not my place to point a finger at you and condemn you, right? I am not the prosecuting attorney in this. Nor am I the defense attorney. I don't have to defend the gospel. It will stand on its own two feet, right? I don't have to defend it. I don't have to be the prosecuting attorney. I'm not the judge. I am simply just what? The witness. 
I want to share with you what Jesus has done in my life, and I want to share with you the gospel, and I hope and pray that you'll receive Christ as your Savior, and you too become a child of God. That is what we're to be doing in the Great Commission, right? I'm not to take the Bible and beat you over the head. I'm just to share with you what Jesus did. Matter of fact, Billy Sunday said it this way. He said, evangelism is simply just one beggar telling another beggar where he found the bread, Right? Hey, I found some bread. Go around this corner over there in that corner. You can get some bread and it'll, it'll take care of all of your hunger needs. That's the same thing that we do about our salvation. We're to be telling our neighbors, our friends, our family, our co-workers, by the way we live our life, by the words that we use, we're to be sharing with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then once they accept Christ as their personal Savior, then Scripture says that we are to baptize them. Question, just to see if you're paying attention. Does baptism come before or after the decision to accept Christ as your Savior? Yeah, it comes after, right? So we're to make disciples, share the gospel, be the witness. They convert and accept Christ as their Savior, repent of their sins, ask Christ to their heart. Then we are to, say it, baptize them. So whose idea is this? Tell me. God's idea, number one. Second thing I want you to get out of this is that baptism, Get this is a biggie. Baptism doesn't save anyone. Now, we've got this really nice portable baptistry that we set up and tear down. And whenever we were building the building, we were looking for ways to have one permanently installed. And it kind of just took up all of our space. And so we bought this really nice portable baptistry. And what's really nice about it, the water is heated. I mean, it's probably like 78 degrees in there right now. It's super nice. I mean, you didn't get to experience it, but I got to experience it. It's nice in there. There's chlorine tablets in there. It's clean. We have nice, clean, chlorine, heated water that we baptize in. I remember when I baptized Tyler. Tyler, you remember your baptism? We baptized him in the mountains of North Carolina on a little creek called Alarca Creek. And the kids in the community knew that the church was having a baptism down there the next the next that following Sunday on that Saturday, they went swimming in the swimming hole and they dammed it up to give us a good, really good, deep watering hole so we could go down in there and and we could do our baptism service. And we always went down there. We would preach a little bit and then leave the church and we would drive down to the baptizing hole, the baptism hole. And there folks would get out of their cars. and They're lined up on both sides of the road and they walk over to the creek. And there's a really nice big meadow area there. And, and you could walk down into the water and they brought their guitars and they always sang on the creek banks. And we sang a few songs before we did the baptism. I always felt like I had to preach a little bit. So I got in the water. Water, about waist deep, I would tell the song director, sing one more verse. This water's cold. Sing one more verse. I'm not ready yet. And then I keep easing into the water. And finally I get there. And then I felt like I had to preach a little bit. So I would preach a little bit. And then we would ask them to come in. Now that water, I don't care what time of year you go, that water is always ice cold. You understand? So here's Tyler and he's a little boy and I had the privilege of leading him to the Lord, and, and uh, he came into the baptizing hole, and I was so excited, and, and I said a few words over him. I baptized him, and he came up going, <gasps> totally lost his breath, couldn't breathe at all. I grabbed him up and gave him a big old bear hug. And Now, here, here's what I used to say back home, because that's where we baptized. I said, listen, folks, you can be baptized in this baptizing hole until you know every tadpole by name and still miss heaven. 
right? Because baptism is not salvation. Being baptized does not mean you're saved, right? You don't do or get baptized to be saved. Now, you can come in here and get in this super nice warm water, and, and I hope we get to leave this up for a few more weeks, and, and we have more folks that need to be baptized. And you can come here and be baptized every single Sunday and still miss heaven. Why is that? Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. I want you to look what I have in bold and what I have underlined in this passage of Scripture. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, For you are saved by what? You are saved by grace through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is God's gift, right? Not from what? Works so that no man can boast. Here's what I want you to understand. We are saved by grace. That's God's gift to us. You're saved by grace through faith in the person of Jesus Christ. That's how we're saved. We're not saved by works. You know what baptism is? If we're putting our, our, our hope in our salvation, in our baptism, you know what that now is? It's a works salvation, right? It's something we have to do to be saved. Listen, there's nothing else we can add to the gospel to be saved. The gospel was completed when Jesus died on the cross, when, when he was buried, and when he rose again victoriously the third day. That's the gospel. We can't take anything away from it. We can't add anything to it. We can't put any works to it to be saved. It's simply by the grace of God, which is God's gift to us, through faith in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get it? Good. Two things I want you to see here. In Ephesians 2, in verse number 9, or verse 8 and 9, it says, For you are saved by, what's that next word? Grace. What is grace? You know what grace is? We always talk about how God is a gracious God and a merciful God. He's filled with grace and with mercy. Do we really understand what those two words are? Let me give you a good, quick definition. I don't have this anywhere in a slide. Charlie, just stay right there. Don't search for it. I don't have it. But let me give you a really quick definition of grace and mercy. You may want to jot this down. You know what grace is? Grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. That's grace. Grace is God giving us what none of us deserve, what we do not deserve. Do any of us deserve to go to heaven? No. Not unless you're part of the entitlement generation that believes you're entitled to everything, right? Say amen or on me, but stay with me. Are you with me? No. None of us deserve to go to heaven. Are you with me? None of us deserve that. But God was gracious in giving us, through faith, His Son Jesus to pay our sin debt on the cross and die and resurrect and come back to life again after the third day, ascended to God, right hand of God the Father. We trust in Him by faith. That's God's gift to us. So salvation is God's gift. So God's grace. Grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. What is mercy? Get this. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. All right? Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Aren't you so thankful that we serve a gracious and a merciful God? Aren't you glad it's not the other way around? Aren't you glad that we can extend and be the beneficiary of God's mercy? Right? Not giving me what I deserve. 
God is so gracious to me. He gives me over and over and over again gifts, keros, God's grace. That's what that word is. He gives us to that, that gives us that over and over and over again. He's so good to us. And I don't deserve any of it. Maybe you think you do. I don't think you do. We don't deserve any of it, do we? I love the fact that my God is a gracious God. I also love the fact that he's not giving me what I do deserve. What do I deserve? I'll speak for myself. What do I deserve? I'll tell you what I deserve. I deserve hell. I deserve all of the wrath of God. Right? Listen, I wasn't born a preacher. I didn't come out of... Is my battery going dead? I wasn't born a preacher. I didn't come out of my mother's womb saved and ordained by God. Or maybe it wasn't ordained by God and I didn't know about it. But I, I, I didn't come out knowing and, and right on the platform. No. I'll be honest with you. Why do you think my mother-in-law had to work so hard when I was dating her daughter when through high school? Because she knew this boy needs Jesus. Right? Therefore, I am thankful that God extends his mercy to me and not giving me what I deserve. Right? So we all could probably say amen right there. What is number three thing I want you to see? I want you to see that baptism is an act of obedience. Write that down. Baptism is an act of obedience. Charlie, if you will, go back to Matthew uh, 28, or I may have it in the slide in the lineup there. Uh, Matthew 28:19. It says, "Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, or Holy Ghost." Okay? So whose idea is this? It's God's idea. God said, "Once you accept my son Jesus as your savior, now you are to be baptized." You know what baptism really is? Baptism is really our next step after we accept Christ as our Savior. It's our next step or it's our first step of obedience. We're simply just being obedient to the call of God on our life. When God calls us, we answer and we're being obedient. Guys, you understand something? That this baptism is one of the first calls, really, that God is asking you to do after you accept Christ as your Savior. So it's an initial act of obedience. We may look at it and be confused. I don't know why I need to do this. Well, here's why we need to do it, because God said do it. That's good enough for me. I'm going to be obedient, and I'm going to follow through in baptism, right? I'm not going to argue with it. I was speaking with Hannah this morning, and I shared with her really that baptism was just an act of obedience. I said, so when you're living out your life, this is the first decision that God said, I want you to be baptized after you accept my son as your savior. You're following through in being obedient to God today and being baptized. Guess what, Hannah? God's going to ask you to do a whole lot more things. She said, like, if I come to an intersection and I want to go right and God says, I want you to go left, I probably should just go left. Exactly. Hello? Listen, this stuff's not hard. We complicate it. It's childlike faith. And she said, and then she asked this. This is good. This is getting a little deeper. She said, can I ask you another question? She's full of questions. She said, I've accepted Christ as my Savior, and I'm getting baptized today. But she said, what if I reject Christ later, and then I accept Christ back into my heart later? Do I get baptized again? (laughs) Now, we're getting deeper. We're getting out into weeds now, right? You understand? I said, just to simplify it, because I'm speaking with a kid, I I didn't need to get in all the theological isms about that. I said, it's something like this. 
I said, do you have an electronic tablet or game or anything? She said, I have a phone. I thought, oh, good. I didn't realize she had a phone. Yep, she has a phone. Okay, good. Now, let me ask you this. Does your phone ever get funky and kind of slow and mess up and freeze? And she said, yeah. I said, what do you do? She said, I just hold it down and push the reset button. I said, that's exactly what we do in our life. There's going to be times in our life, hopefully this never happens to you, but it may happen to you that as you're living your Christian life, that things get all funky and out of whack and freeze, and now you're in a mess. You know what you need to do? Hit the reset button. And when you do that, I want you to know Jesus is there for you. And then I said this, if you so choose and you want to be baptized again at that point, that's fine. If you want to do that, I've baptized a lot of folks that have gotten saved and then got away from the Lord. They rededicated their life back to God and they said, you know what? I would like to start fresh and anew with a brand new bath. That's fine. Understand it doesn't save you. All right. Are you with me? Okay. So baptism is an act of obedience. So I told Hannah, I said, God's going to ask you to do a lot more things like turn left instead of going right. God's going to, he's going to ask you to do a lot of things. He's going to ask us to do a lot of things. One of the things he asks us to do is tithe and give our offering. One of the things he asks us to do is witness and share our faith. Another thing he asks us to do is clean up the outward appearance, the old man, and die out to the old man and walk in the newness of life. There's a lot of things that God is asking us to do because we are a Christian, because we are a child of God, not to be a child of God. Does that make sense? Okay, so baptism is an act of obedience. Third thing, or fourth thing, whatever number we're on here, I want you to see this. Baptism identifies us with Christ and his church. Look in Romans 6 in verse number 3. Scripture says, Oh, have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death or we were baptized into his death? You know what we're doing whenever we are baptized? We are identifying ourselves with the person of Jesus Christ and with his church. We're identifying ourselves through identifying the death and the resurrection of Christ, dying out to the old man, walking in the newness of life. We're identifying ourselves with Christ. We're identifying ourselves with God's people. We're identifying ourselves with the church. It's a public profession of an inward confession where we're saying, hey, I am a child of God, right? A lot of folks, uh, this gets into a lot of pastor arguments here, uh, but a lot of folks, the whole invitation thing at the end of a sermon, okay? I like to do that, but I don't ask you to come forward. I don't ask you to raise a hand. I want you to sit right there where you're sitting and make a decision for the Lord, okay? Some folks aren't ready to come forward yet, but they want to pray and receive Christ as their Savior. That's fine. Well, the argument in the pastor's circle, well, you've got to have a public confession. Yes, when do we do that? Do you think that was a public confession? Yeah. Do you think they're ready now for a public confession? Yeah. Are you with me? Okay, so us pastors, we argue about that kind of stuff all the time. And, and you may never put any thought to that. But baptism identifies you with Christ and with the church. Now, let me give you number five here. Baptism is a symbol of the new life. Now, here's what I want you to get. And there are a lot of denominations. There's other movements out there that disagree with me here that really believes that you've got to have faith in Christ and be baptized in order to be saved. I just, I just ask one question about that. What about that thief on the cross that Jesus told him when he trusted in Christ as his Savior, he said, Today, when? 
Today you shall be with me in paradise. Question, was he baptized? No, he died on that cross, right? So we can't put baptism uh, with our salvation. Our salvation comes because we trust in Christ. And baptism is simply just a symbol of this new life now that we are going to live in Christ Jesus. It symbolizes the death of the old man or lady or old life. And the resurrection of the new. And we're going to walk in the newness of life. And Romans 6, 4 says, Therefore we were buried with him by what? By baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of, of the Father, so we too may walk in a new way of life. Guys, you know, whenever we accept Christ, we're baptized. I mean, we should not be walking the same way we used to walk in the old, living the old man's life, right? There's a difference. We're dying out to the old way of living. We're now resurrecting symbolically by coming out of the water, cleansed now, walking in this new life. And there should be a change in the way that we behave and act. Now, the old man's going to rise up, right? Paul said we've got to crucify the old man once a month, daily, right? He said you've got to crucify the flesh every single day. The old man's going to always try to rise up. But you've got to die out to the old man and walk in this new way of living, okay? So those are five things I want you to see about baptism. Here's the most important thing. I want you to know that baptism is very important, So if you're sitting here today and you've never been baptized, you ought to consider it. Matter of fact, you need to obey the Lord and you need to be baptized. Does it save you? Nope. You say, if I sit right here and I'm never baptized, does that mean I'm not going to heaven? Nope, I didn't say that. Matter of fact, I just talked to the contrary of that. Right? You're saved. You're already a child of God. But it's our first step of simply being obedient to the gospel to where we are following through in believers' baptism. So let me give you three things real quickly, and I'm going to be done. Three things here, and then I think i got two, but I'm going to be fast on these. Why should I be baptized? Well, number one, to follow the example that is set to us by Jesus. Question, was Jesus baptized? Yes, he was. Remember, he went down in the Jordan to John, and John didn't want to baptize him. But in Mark 1, 9, it says, at, the, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth and was baptized by John in the river, in the Jordan by, by John. So was Jesus baptized? Yes. Why should we be baptized? If we are being conformed to the image of God's Son, then we need to do what Jesus did. Right? So Jesus was baptized. He was and is the Son of God, the sinless Son of God. But what he did for us, not only was he 100% God and at the same time 100% man, he also lived out his life as an example for us on how we are to live our life. And so Jesus was baptized, therefore we should be baptized. What's the second reason why we should be baptized? Well, I've already hit this, because Christ commands it. He commands us to be baptized. Matthew 28, 19, and 20 said that we're, after we preach the gospel... Baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it's commanded by Christ because Christ commands. Number three is this. And oh, I forgot to do that one. Uh, Number three is simply this. It demonstrates that I really am a believer. Okay? It demonstrates that I really am a... The word you need to write in the blank there is believer. It demonstrates that we are believers in Jesus Christ. Acts 18 in verse number 8. It talks, it says... um, uh, let me round. Along with the whole household, many of the Corinthians, when they heard, they believed and were what? 
baptized. So as they were preaching the gospel through Corinth, many of those heard the gospel, they believed, and they were baptized. First John 2 and 3 says, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands or if we're keeping his commands. So Christ um, commands us and it demonstrates that we are a believer. So what is the meaning of baptism? Jot these two things down and I'm done. Band, actually you can come on up if you will please. Jot these two things and I'm done. What's the meaning of baptism? Number one, it illustrates Christ's death and resurrection. It illustrates Christ's death and resurrection. I want you to look at this in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 3. It says that Christ died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again. Colossians 2, 12 then says, For when you are baptized, you were buried with Christ, and in baptism you were also raised with Christ. So it's illustrating Christ's death and burial and resurrection. And then secondly, it illustrates my life, my new life as a Christian. It illustrates my, the word you need to write in, new life as a Christian. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. The old life has passed away, and a new life has begun. Romans 6 and 4 says, By our baptism then, therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death. Go back to Romans 6 and 4. By our baptism then we were buried with him and shared his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, so also we will live this new life. So it illustrates our new life, dying out to the old man, resurrecting, walking in the new man, the new life. So here's my question to you. Have you been baptized? If not, then that is your very next step in this faith journey that we're all on. If you've never been baptized, I want you to really pray about that and consider being obedient to Scripture and being baptized. So you pray about that. And if you've never been baptized or you still have more questions about that, I want you to reach out to me. All of my contact information is on the top of those sermon notes. Email into the church office, our website, all of our contact information is everywhere. So get a hold of us in whatever way that we can help you. But if you haven't been baptized, I want you to really pray about following through in believer's baptism. Matter of fact, I want you to contact the office, and I want you to schedule it. Let's get it on the schedule. And we teach 101 this Wednesday night. If you are thinking about becoming a member of Victory Church, this is a great class for you to come to. We're going to serve dinner. I'm going to do some teaching on our mission and our philosophy of ministry and why we do what we do and how we function and how we govern ourselves and, and really just teach from God's Word. But also, you may decide you want to be a member of Victory Church. Where part of being a member of our church is following through in believer's baptism. Either you've been baptized and you're happy with that and that's all well and good, we can bring you in. But if you've never been baptized, part of being a member is you need to be baptized. Not, not baptized into victory but baptized into the body of Christ. So just think about that. Nobody's going to hold, um, hold, kind of come to you and make you uncomfortable and ask you if you've been baptized. We never do that. But in the teaching of God's Word, I think it is an act of obedience that we obey the Lord and we follow through in believer's baptism, okay? So if you've never been baptized, why don't you prayerfully consider getting it on the schedule and we'll celebrate with you on a Sunday morning as well in your baptism. Get it?
Good. All right. So I think we nailed the question about baptism and what does God's word have to say. Biggest thing I want you to get, answer this question for me. Does baptism save you? No, it doesn't. Okay. That's what I really want you to know. I've had a a lot of young mothers in, in good faith concerned about their children come to me and say, hey, my little child's never been baptized. I need to get them baptized. And then I have to sit down and explain salvation is not in baptism. Okay, we do a child dedication, which we'll maybe doing one soon, but, uh, you know, but something different. All right. There's no salvation in baptism. That's what I want you to get. Okay. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together today. And thank you, Lord, for your word, how you speak to us through your word. Thank you for the teachings of baptism. Thank you, Lord, for what it means to all of us. Dying out to the old man. Rising up cleansed and walking in the newness of life. Trusting in Jesus as our Savior. Following through in obedience to the very first act of obedience and being baptized. And then being obedient to you the rest of our days. Scripture speaks a lot about baptism. You commanded us to be baptized. Help each of us follow through. Lord, if there's one here today that, one, may not know you as their Lord and their Savior, my prayer is today that they would open their heart's door, believe that they are a sinner, that you died on the cross for all of our sins, that you were buried and you rose again victoriously. And right now, just by faith, we accept this gracious gift from you of salvation. We put our faith in your son, Jesus, and we ask him into our heart and into our life. We ask you to forgive us and be our savior. Friend, if that's you this morning, why don't you just pray a prayer, something like this. Just say, God, forgive me. I want to trust you as my savior. Today, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for this amazing gift. Jesus, I trust you as my Savior. Friend, if that's you today, then your next step is baptism. Why don't you pray about that? Maybe you're here and you've already prayed to ask Christ as your Savior, but you haven't been baptized. Father, I pray for those individuals. Lord, help us. Help us to follow through and be obedient to your word. Bless every decision that's been made today. I pray everyone's been encouraged by your word. Thank you for Hannah's life and the celebration we were able to have with her and her following through in baptism. Lord, we pray for class 101, our membership class that's coming up. We just ask, Lord, that you fill that class with people that are interested, most importantly, in you. And also if Victory Church is a place for them to worship and fellowship. I pray, God, you pack out that class. Send folks to hear of your word and this great body of fellowship. Bless each one that's here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360, or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email 
call or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.